When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fence side. Inside. It ain't the left side. Good morning, Dolphins fans. Welcome to another episode here of On the Fin Side with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, all of our social media outlets, as well as on Fansided and FinFanatic.com as well. We've recently started partnering with them. Um, so we are looking at the entire NFL here today, not just what we've been talking about the last few days. We're one day removed from the Dolphins massive trade day going from three to 12 to six. So we're going to uh, do a one round mock based on how we actually think things are going to go on Thursday, April 29th for the NFL draft. We're also going to have an NFL draft live show as the picks come off the board. We'll be sure to give you great content information off on the players just mute the TV and and turn up on the fin side and we will be sure to have bonus content and everything you need to know about these players, including team needs for the teams that are coming off the board there. So uh, really a kind of straightforward here. I'm going to take the even picks. Paul is going to take the odds. Now that kind of screws Paul a little bit because the dolphins have two even picks now because they're picking sixth and 18th instead of originally three and 18. So what we're going to do is when we get to those picks, even though I'm going to have the final say on it, Paul is uh, going to chime in too with, okay, here's who I would have taken personally. And also here's, here's what I actually think the dolphins are going to do. So we're going to start at the top in round one here with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Hey, dolphins fans support for on the fin side is brought to you by manscaped who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. We've got an exclusive offer for our listeners, which is 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. Manscaped has created the best ball hair trimmer ever, the Lawnmower 3.0. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. In addition, this trimmer comes with an LED light for a more precise shave and is waterproof to make your shower clean and easy. I now feel confident shaving my boys. The Lawnmower 3.0 comes inside their brand-new Perfect Package 3.0, which comes with everything you need to keep trimmed, cut-free, and smelling nice down there. Kat and I already have our perfect package 3.0 on the way. What are you waiting for? Your balls will thank you. Make sure you get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code 
fan-sided 20. Yeah, and I think it's no secret here what what I'm going to do. It hasn't been a secret for two years. Trevor Lawrence from Clemson is is going to Jacksonville. We know it. You know it. Everybody knows it. Um, yeah, this pick requires no explanation. They need a quarterback. I mean, Minshew Mania is nice, but end of the day, they need a quarterback, and it's going to be Lawrence. It's it's Lawrence has been the target for two years for whoever ended up at the top of the draft. You bet. You know, I th- I don't think there's been a more obvious first overall pick since Andrew Luck, and. That's that's certainly going to be it here. And at number two with the New York Jets, I, I've been saying for months, I, I don't see any way that they're not going quarterback here unless uh, the top guys after Lawrence just shoot themselves in the foot. And I'm staying with that. You know, the main reason being because, A, Zach Wilson has really killed it so far in this pre-draft process to this point. You know, there's still more work to do. But also, too, I, I don't see how a third head coach can um, – say that hey Sam Darnold's my guy I mean he's gotten two coaches fired already not all his fault don't get me wrong but I I just don't see how you how you move forward with a quarterback um, who has almost more turnovers than touchdowns in his career I just don't think that's something that can happen Zach Wilson goes number two to the Jets yeah and the 49ers came up I mean there's rumors that they're going for for Mac Jones, but I, we're not doing that here. I, I I can't in good conscience do that. I don't think that this, that's going to be the pick. And if you join us for our live draft chat uh, on the day of the draft, like Cat was referencing earlier, you'll get to hear me laugh for a solid two minutes if the 49ers take Mac Jones number three overall. Um, here I went ahead and went with the quarterback with a little bit more mobility, uh, Justin Fields. He ran in the four threes at his pro day, and. He's got a rocket for an arm. He's a 100% effort player. And, you know, hopefully he takes a little while to adjust to the NFL game so Miami's round one pick next year is a little bit better. But, yeah, Justin Fields, number three overall to the Niners. This one was easy for me. Okay, that's that's uh, fascinating because I, I would have had him go in Lance uh, on there. And the reason being is that it seems like the, the timing is kind of odd that Trey Lance had his pro day a week ago. And Fields hasn't, and they they immediately moved up to three. But I also think that Justin Fields is a better fit in uh, in the Shanahan West Coast offense. So, yeah, that'll be fascinating to see. Maybe they they already had their decision made on Fields. So, number four, I'm going with Trey Lance, uh, the quarterback from North Dakota State. We've got the top four picks as quarterbacks, and you know, for me, they the Falcons may not be drafting this high again for a long time. I mean, if let's say they took Kyle Pitts, um, somebody who could have an immediate impact or Patrick Sertan, a cornerback, if they reach on him, then yeah, they would be better this year, but then you're going to probably get to six, seven or eight wins. And then you're at a spot where you can't draft a quarterback and Matt Ryan's turning 36 here soon. So he, Trey Lance is somebody who, has incredible physical tools. His stock is very similar to Josh Allen's a few years ago, where if you develop them slowly and carefully, then you're probably going to have going to have something special, or at least get put him in a spot where he can be special. So next is number five with the Bengals. Now, people aren't going to love this. I know a lot of people have done the la- or have bought in on the lazy journalism. Uh, where Joe Burrow would want to continue to throw to Jamar Chase uh, at the NFL level. For me, at the end of the day, 
Cincy would love to have Jamar Chase to pair pair with the wide receiver core out there, but at the end of the day, you can't have Joe Burrow throw to anybody if you can't keep him alive. And it was readily apparent last year watching Cincinnati play that if you trot Joe Burrow out between behind this offensive line, you're going to get him killed. Cincinnati already has weapons. They they absolutely have weapons on offense, but they don't have the ability to keep Joe Burrow upright and. He's already going to miss a good chunk of the season this year because of the fact that they don't have anything in front of him to keep him upright. So some Dolphin fans are going to be upset about this one, and I can think of one that's on this stream. But Penny Sewell, the offensive tackle out of Oregon, end of the day is going to Cincinnati. Uh, it's a start in keeping Burrow upright, and I don't think this is the end of their run on offensive linemen in this draft. If Sewell went one pick before uh, the Dolphins, I mean, I, obviously I'd be disappointed. Um, I, I don't think the Dolphins are going to draft Sewell even if he's there, to be honest with you. That's uh, what I would want, but I really do think by going from 3 to 12 to 6, they're targeting that top pass catcher. Uh, and so that brings us to pick 6. We're going to park here for a little bit here, too, because, uh, it's again, it's not fair that I just get the Dolphins' picks, but, you know. It, and also, it, before we do, happy birthday, Paul. Thank you. Thank you. 42 and, and feeling good so far. I had coffee with my dad this morning. Uh, you know, had a night out with the fiance last night. It, it's it's great, man. Like, you know, got to record with you last night and get to be back here with everybody this morning. I'm, I'm excited. It's draft season. And uh, even with that, you know, you, you got to see how heartless I can be when I, I, I still won't. Give give Paul one of the Dolphins picks. <laughs> I don't for my birthday. I don't even get to pick for the Dolphins. This is great. Uh, but then again, it would be boring if I was picking here at six with this draft board because everybody already knows exactly what I'm. I would do here. Um, it, it's Kyle Pitts is on the board, and, and he's the biggest difference maker at a, at a skill position in this draft. Period. Uh, people can say what they want about the Slim Reaper, Jalen Waddle, uh, Jamar Chase. Najee Harris, the biggest difference maker in this draft at a skill position on offense that's not a quarterback is Kyle Pitts. Pitts would be the one that I would want here, too. With Sewell off the board. Oh, don't get excited, though. Hold on a sec. Oh, I'm um, But don't. before I... Before I I, I I say who I'm going to pick for the Dolphins, but I'm going to throw it back to you for a second. So you, you, obviously you want Kyle Pitts here at six. That would be your choice. Who okay. do you think the Dolphins are going to pick at number six here? Do you think it would be – and if it's Kyle Pitts, I think that's a certain possibility. Or do you think they would go with one of the receivers? I do think it's going to be Kyle Pitts here. I think at receiver, given the receiver room right now, given the fact that they signed Fuller on a one-year prove-it deal, and – I think at receiver, they're going to go with one of the possibly more unpolished players, possibly Terrace Marshall from, from LSU in round two. Somebody that they can develop and get the first round talent out of later in the draft that doesn't need to be there right away. Um, you know, somebody like, like Terrace Marshall or Jalen Darden, uh, maybe Tutu Atwell uh, to upgrade the slot position. But, you know, it's. Because whoever they pick a, a, as a rookie wide receiver is probably not going to be on the field every single snap with Devontae Parker, Will Fuller, um, you know, and, and a healthy receiving core coming back this year. Now, like, now so that's 
Yeah, sorry to cut you off there. And that's why I think, too, that if they took Pitts or anybody here, they probably wouldn't take a receiver until later in the draft. I mean, maybe maybe mid-rounds, maybe late rounds. But I think I think it'd be overkill if they went Pitts here and, and Marshall in the second round. I mean, now you're talking about it's, it's really going to be challenging to get these guys on the field at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So um, at six here, Pitts is a possibility, and I think that would be the smart choice. Um, but what I see happening here is, is a couple of things. Is number one, yes, I know that it can be very creative and exciting to have Gesicki and Kyle Pitts on the field at the same time. I, that's what I hope happens. I think that the team at the end is going to see a lot of overlap between the two. So Pitts is not going to be the pick here. Uh, I also am not going to have Devontae Smith as the pick, and here's why. Because, yes, the Dolphins last year needed receivers that could separate. They were the worst team in the league. Oh, he's, he's – Paul's <laughs> taking off. Paul, Paul's internet connection is going to go down. <laughs> What's um, – I can't hear you. <laughs> So, Kyle, I don't think Devontae Smith is going to be the pick either. And here's, In addition to the Dolphins being one of the worst teams in the league last year in terms of receivers separating, also one of the worst teams in the league in terms of yards after catch. Devontae Smith, I know he had a great yards after catch rate in college, but when you catch a screen pass and outrun a Notre Dame cornerback, that's not what I think translates well to the NFL level as far as yak. So he's out too. So it comes down to two players. Speaking of yak. Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddell. Those are the two players here that I think the Dolphins are going to consider because they have the ability to get yards after the catch. And when you look at what the Dolphins have, Gesicki and Parker, the contested catch guys, Will Fuller is the deep threat. I am going to go here with LSU wide receiver Jamar Chase as the all-around threat here for the Dolphins. Oh, you horrible human being. <laughs> there was one name you could have said and saved that for me, and and, and you didn't. So now ah. you're looking at pick seven? What's that? Are you talking about in reference to pick seven here? No, I'm talking about in reference to pick six. Um, you know, if, if you had gone Parsons, I could have forgiven you, but... Well, but I, I I can't see any way that the team is. No, I mean, I'm not gonna say anyway. I'd be very surprised if Parsons were the pick at six. I would I'd too, very... but at least it would recover it for me. God, oh. Well, I'll tell you what. I got good news. He might fall to 18 in this. With, with he, he might. I don't. I don't see him fall. Thank you, Shake. I like that puke emoji. I like the puke emoji. Um, I think. Uh, I think. I think people are forgetting uh, how great of a receiver Jamar Chase was. Oh, don't I, at LSU. I, I, I'm not knocking Jamar Chase in any way, shape, or form. I just it's, uh, except for the except for the puking and the uh, uh, sighing uncontrollably for a minute. Uh, Paul is not disrespecting Jamar Chase. That's a lot of people do that. They're like, you know, it's kind of it's kind of what Matt Skura said. You know, I don't want to make excuses, <laughs> but it was the it was the rain. Look, like, I'm not I'm not disrespecting say your horrible atrocious pick right there. I just I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not conveying any hint of disgust. I'm just looking for a bucket. That's all. Let's... Gotcha. Yeah, I hear you. And, and I'll, I'll put an asterisk to this too. Um, if Jamar Chase at LSU's pro day does not test out well athletically, I think he could free fall uh, in this draft because he should be about six one, two ten or so. And 
Nah, well, six, not 210. I'll say 6'1", 205 or so. But some of those LSU players, though, tend to be a little bit shorter than they're listed. And uh, some I, I've heard from some places he might come in under six foot. If that's the case, you're talking about Chase at best as a mid-first rounder, in my opinion. See, I really just I hope he spent his entire quarantine eating ring dings and watching Oprah. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, pick, uh, Paul, you're on the you're on the clock here. Pick number seven. Who are you going with? Pick number seven, Detroit Lions. Well. I know Micah Parsons has some character issues, and Dan Campbell likes to have somebody that's going to, we're going to go with bite people's kneecaps off, and it's very tempting for me to go Micah Parsons here, but I'm not going to. I think Dan Campbell's going to get a huge difference maker on offense, and you and I have met Dan. It's, he don't care, I think would be the best way to phrase it as far as what anybody else thinks and people can think Devonte smith is too skinny to play football but end of the day he plays he plays with a pair of something and for me i'm going to give detroit Devonte smith to replace the wide receivers they just lost in marvin jones and uh kenny galladay so Devonte smith alabama goes one pick after cat took jamar chase over kyle pitts to uh the Detroit Lions. And let me be clear. I would take Kyle Pitts. I don't think the Dolphins will. That's just my gut feeling on that. So number seven, Devontae. Yeah, and I think that makes a lot of sense. And now it's now the Lions have taken Devontae Smith, uh, another wide receiver, over Kyle Pitts. So you're starting to see him kind of fall here. And he's going to fall even further because I'm not going to have the Panthers taking him either. Um but as far as the Lions are concerned, yeah, they've really boxed themselves into a corner here uh, where they kind of have to take a receiver. Is that That's also factors in as well because we talked about yesterday, you know, maybe the Dolphins, if they see all those pass catchers on the board, maybe they fall back a couple of spots, get another draft pick. But you've got the Lions there at seven. And the, the, it's very likely that the Lions are going to end up taking the wide receiver that you don't. So that factors in. At number eight, and I go back, I go back and forth on this guy. I listened to our show. I, I kind of talked out of both sides of my mouth, my mouth, out of my mouth with him yesterday. Mac Jones, quarterback from Alabama, he's he could go as high as this pick. He could fall into the third round. It just it, it depends if a team is willing to have to, if a general manager is willing to say, this is our franchise quarterback, but the Panthers have really boxed themselves in here too, where Deshaun Watson, they were, they had interest in, and obviously that's off the table, or at least you would think right now Uh, they can't, they couldn't get up for one of these uh, top four quarterbacks. I don't see them going to the Teddy Bridgewater for another year. So Mac Jones is the pick here at number eight for the Panthers. Well, I was going to take Mac for the Broncos here at 9. But since you went ahead and took Mac, I'm going to break my own heart. And the Broncos need a few things. Biggest amongst them would have been quarterback, and and that's why they would have reached a little on Mac uh, here at 9. Given the fact that we can't trade out, um, I'm going to take Kyle Pitts with the Broncos here. Give, Give their young quarterback a reliable weapon in that offense and somebody to dump the ball off to effectively as they as they go here i that breaks my heart that you broke my heart here 
Thanks for not taking pits on my birthday, Kat. I do what I can. Um, so, no, this would be definitely a best player available by far because the Broncos don't have any needs at wide receiver or tight end. But if you, if I mean, are you going to take, can you really justify taking, let's say, I don't know, a Rashawn Slater over a Kyle Pitts talent wise? I, I don't think you can. So now you can, now the Broncos would have Pitts along with Noah Fant, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler. If Drew Locke can't succeed with that, then then that's a problem. Um, so yeah, now here we are with pick number number ten. Dallas Cowboys are going. I'm going to have them going with uh, Patrick Sertan here from Alabama. He's somebody that obviously very cerebral, cerebral, very polished. Came in at six two two oh eight, ran in the low four fours, so he checked really the athleticism box there so and and the cowboys are just they're, they're never in position to draft a cornerback uh you know it's been a long time since they've been able to uh so they end up you know, going with second third fourth rounders at corner instead of like they did with byron jones in 2015 when they drafted him at the end of the first round but this is an immediate starter and the cowboys are in a perfect position here to get um to get the, that lockdown cornerback that they need all right, so the Giants were sweating watching Jerry Jones try to make the pick here, and luckily Jerry Jones didn't do some Jerry or did one of the two Jerry Jones things that we were hoping for, and took Patrick Sertan uh, instead of the guy that I'm going to take here for the Giants, who have been chasing wide receivers all off season. Uh, there's been no secret about that, and with Jalen Waddle still on the board, they're going to get that over the top receiver to help Daniel Jones out in this offense. So. Jalen Waddle, New York Giant, and he's going to be like the clean version of Odell Beckham Jr. for these guys. Yeah, he would certainly add a lot to that passing in there because you, you take a look at what they got with Kenny Galladay. They got the contested catch guy. Uh, they've also got Sterling Shepard and Darius Slate. Now they get that just pure blazer. And I, I really – get the feeling that the Dolphins may be looking at him too because of what he can he and Will Fuller can both bring speed wise to the to the Dolphins offense it, it would be high but I don't know I just kind of get a feeling with that um, number 12 we've got the Philadelphia Eagles and I got to tell you if, if this is how it ends up for the Eagles man they've got to be irate in fact it wouldn't surprise me if the Eagles were trying to trade back up a little bit to get either Pitts or Waddle um even though, you know, they've got Dallas Goddard there, but especially Waddle. I mean, watching them go to a division rival one pick before would certainly be heartbreaking for them. So they're in, they're not in a good spot here. And because they're not in a good spot, they, they've got to take the best player available here uh, at, at, a, at a need position too. I'm going to give them J.C. Horn, the cornerback from South Carolina. And this is the son of Joe Horn. This, this kid just turned – 20 years old four months ago uh but he athletically is a grown man maybe this guy is is six foot one 200 pounds ran a 439 athletically tested out really well this is one of my favorite players in the draft if the dolphins had any need at cornerback i might have him over some of the receivers that we talked about that that's how much i like him he's a press man he can play opposite Darius Slay, and now the Eagles do have that same identity on on defense that the Dolphins have with Xavier Howard uh, and Byron Jones, being able to lock down both sides of the field. All right, so you took J.C. Horn here? 
I did. All right. The Chargers are absolutely giddy when they look at this board. Uh, they need offensive line help in a big way. And the guy that a few of the experts have actually mocked over Penny Sewell in a couple of mock drafts this offseason, Rashawn Slater is still sitting out there on the board. So this is the easiest pick for me so far. Rashawn Slater, offensive tackle, goes to the Chargers. Yeah, that's that's tremendous value. And just like with the Cowboys, you know, needing a cornerback so badly, getting down to pick 13 and seeing both uh, Rashawn Slater, Christian Darison, really every offensive lineman in the draft other than Panay Sewell. Yeah, that would be that would be huge for them. Um, so the Vikings there at pick number 14. You know, they, they've really been rebuilding the roster with Rick Spielman here, former Dolphins general manager, for a while. Um, you know, last year they went very, very heavy everywhere. I mean, they had 15 picks last year, uh, and they casted a wide net. They got some starters, um, specifically a cornerback with Jeff Gladney and Cameron Dantzler. But now you look at this board and – well, Paul, if I broke your heart once, I'm going to do it again. We are going to go with Micah Parsons here, the linebacker from Penn State. What is wrong? Um, <laughs> um, it makes a lot of sense too. They, they, Anthony Barr is somebody they've they've considered replacing um, over the last couple of years, even though he had a great start to his career. Um, Eric Wilson's a free agent, their other linebacker, so there there is definitely a needed outside linebacker, and and uh, Mike Zimmer defensively, you know. I, I think he can he can certainly work with this guy, if if he's got some character concerned, I, I I think Zimmer would be a good good guy to straighten that out. So Michael Parsons, the pick there at fourteen. All right, at fifteen, New England Patriots, they need wide receiver help in the worst kind of way, uh, and we're talking probably multiple wide receivers. Julian Edelman plays about four games a year. Um, after that, there's. You know, I know they signed a couple guys this offseason. I think it continues here. I was going to take Micah for them, too, actually, and break my own heart. So at least he went to the NFC. In, All right. In well, happy, happy birthday, man. Uh, I'm going to go with Rondale Moore as somebody that can really help the Patriots out here. Um, I, I know it's a pick I made in our pre-Dolphins blew it up draft, and I still like this pick for the Patriots, even though I hate it as a Dolphins fan. So, Rondale Moore, a little bit earlier than expected, which Bill Belichick doesn't really care what you think. And we're rolling with that. So, you are up with the Cardinals. That's exactly right. Uh, you know, Rondale Moore, 5'7", but um, a little bit of a reach. But the Patriots are like kind of the Seahawks. They, they, they don't care. They don't care what you think as far as, as, as who they think is good for their team. So With with their two tight ends set, Rondale's going to end up on an island a lot of times, and I like him winning a lot of one-on-one matchups. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that certainly makes a lot of sense. So the Cardinals don't have a whole heck of a lot of needs um, there. But, uh, you know, it's this this kind of gets to be a little bit of a tough one here. Uh, I look at, at a couple of players really at the at, at the edge spot for them. Um, but I, I'm you know, I, I think Micah Parsons would have made a made a perfect pick for them. 
they they got a lot of offensive line help in the offseason here for for Kyler Murray. <clears throat> but I, I look at I look at edge and think that that they really need to add somebody. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Quiddy Pay, the outside linebacker there from Michigan. Um, being able to, you know, with with Phillip with a um, Marcus Golden coming back, but but he's able to really fly off the edge. I think he's better fit in the three four anyway. No, I like that pick. I think he's a pretty natural fit too for the for them. So uh, here at seventeen, we're gonna stick with the edge rushers and Gregory Rousseau out of Miami. You are going to the Raiders. It looks like in this case, Mayock won the battle with Chucky and 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 got his pick instead of taking you know whatever the heck Chucky would have taken, which probably would have been a wide receiver like Kadarius Tony, or um, somehow tried to grab a quarterback thinking he was smarter than everybody else. <laughs> but end of the day, yeah, so, Gregory Rousseau coming off the edge is, is perfect for the Raiders. Yeah, and Paul gets some revenge on me here because that's my dream pick there at 18 for the Dolphins. So, so good work. So, uh, All right, now now we get back to the Dolphins pick here at 18. And not not the best board. I, I don't think a lot of value slipped. Micah Parsons, Rousseau didn't slip. Um, a lot of people disagree with me on Rousseau. I would, that's a subject for another day. Um yeah, so the the pick that makes sense here, and the one I yeah, I I've got to say that I'm I'm going to go ahead and give them Najee Harris, running back from Alabama, and now in the first two picks, you've come away with the best running back and the best wide receiver in the draft, uh, in in my opinion, and you've also got a first and third round pick too, and this is even. I would even almost be unimpressed with those two picks compared to what they could possibly get. Um, but it, you know, you can really now, now with two at, at the skill position, you're going to have Najee Harris at running back. You're going to have at wide receiver, Devonte Parker, Jamar Chase, and Will Fuller and a tight end. You'll have Mike Isicki. If Tua can't win with that and take that next step up, there's a problem. And I think he absolutely will uh, take that next step up and just be that car dealer, taking advantage of one-on-one matchups. Paul, who would you have taken there? I honestly, over the past week or two, have settled in comfortably with the idea of taking Najee Harris if Miami stands pat at 18 or even trades back a few spots. So I would have taken Najee Harris here as well, uh, which is a huge concession for me as a very light on running backs in round one kind of guy, as a lot of our longtime listeners would know. Uh, I, I would have taken Najee Harris here as well. Gotcha. Washington up at number 19. Well, this is going to break a lot of people's hearts, but I think that Washington is going to load up heavily for Fitzmagic this year. And given the way the board shook out, Kadarius Tony and Curtis Samuel are going to be a heck of a lot of fun to watch together in that Washington football team offense that already has a ton of weapons uh, and God, that that would be a fun offense to watch, and it'd be like watching a video game. Um, so, Kadarius Tony, Washington Football Team, let's go. Uh, I could see that. Uh, sounds like a very Washington type pick. I think it'd be a mistake uh, to to take Tony simply because Fitzpatrick is a hot is a is a guy that likes to throw to big receivers, but. They've also demonstrated this offseason by signing Adam Humphreys and Curtis Samuel to pair with McLaurin that they're not going that route. Mm-hmm. So this is very, very possible here. So now you've got the the 
Chicago Bears at number 20. And this is where I start to see some of the the cornerback position is such a highly valued position right now. And, you know, one guy we haven't had come off is Caleb Farley, but he's not going to come off here either. But the reason being, he just it's just come out that that he is going to have to have back surgery and back surgery for a rookie cornerback who didn't play last year, too. Ooh, that's that's. That could be a problem. So I'm going to give them Greg Newsom, the cornerback out of Northwestern. This is a little early for him, but like last year when you saw A.J. Terrell go 15th overall, I think you're going to see cornerbacks get forced up the board. No, I like that pick. And here we are with the Indianapolis Colts, who the other day I took a lineman for them, uh, but there's a better one available actually given how this draft is shaken out, Christian Derisaw slid a little bit, to, to to my surprise, given how things changed over the past week. And I am going to slot him to Indy because they need a lot of help, especially given the fact that, uh, blanking on his name, retired at left tackle. Yeah, uh, Anthony Costanzo. Yep. It's a need yeah, yeah, value I- pick. Yeah, I, I, that's one of my. That, that's got to be yeah, one of the. That'll be go down as one of the best picks of the first round. For that, wow, what a, what an offensive line that that would continue to be there. So, at wide receiver, uh, a cornerback for the Titans. You know, that's that's really kind of their biggest needs here. Um, so, you know, it's. I don't know, but it's it'll. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of tough here, you know. That I, I don't there's not one guy that really sticks out here, but I think Rashad Bateman, the wide receiver from Minnesota, would fit really well with Ryan Tannehill. You see what uh, Corey, what they lost in Corey Davis, and they never have really replaced him uh, at, at wide receiver. Uh, now that he's signed with the Jets, you slot him right in opposite AJ Brown, and, and I think you keep you keep those those weapons full there for Tannehill in Tennessee. Which one did you take there, Cat? Sorry, I apologize. Rashad Rashad Bateman. I like it. All right. So the Jets are on the board. They have needs everywhere, but they took their young quarterback, uh, number two overall. And outside of a left tackle, the Jets don't have any linemen. Um, it, it's, and you're going to get utterly destroyed given the defensive lines in Buffalo, New England, Miami. Then you're going to be picking in the top five again if you don't start addressing that, that um, heavily in this draft. So here at number 23, the Jets take the lineman. I had mocked the Indianapolis Colts the other day. And the thing I like about this is there are some questions arm length wise, etc., for Elijah Vera Tucker. But at the end of the day, he can play tackle for you. He can play, he can kick inside to guard. And no matter what, you're going to have a spot. You can put him no matter how your draft shakes out for the Jets. So Elijah Vera Tucker, offensive tackle, uh, but again, he could have yeah. offensive guard Elijah Vera Tucker. Yeah, and I think that's unfortunately, I think that's a good pick for the for the Jets because they have needs at guard and tackle. Uh, he, I would think he'd start at guard because uh, they have so many needs there. They'll probably cut Alex Lewis. They're starting left guard now. Um, yeah, uh, unfortunately, that's a good pick. I'm going to go with Aziz Ojolari there for the Steelers. They, um, I, I've I've always had them going with Ojolari, and I think this will be a phenomenal pick for him because he, I, he would be my top edge guy. If the dolphins played like a pure three, four, 
um, or a wide nine because he can just pin his ears back and get to the quarterback. I don't think the Dolphins' defense fits that type of talent. They more prefer, prefer to win on the inside and keep things in front of them and win with their secondary. But Ojolari coming, uh, firing off the edge, replacing Bud Dupree at that outside linebacker spot, a lot of value there. Yeah, and, and Jacksonville's up next. And for Jacksonville, um, ever since they lost in Dukeway, um, they've been seeking some edge help. And with Owe running in the four threes at his pro day, and, and already being in the, the round one conversation, I think he comes off the board to just be that speed guy off the edge for Jacksonville. And, uh, God, they need somebody that can get after a quarterback, even though they could go some, some on offense to uh, help out a little bit with Lawrence. Gotcha. Who's, who's your pick there? Oway, Penn State. Uh, okay, okay. And, and that's interesting because they're playing a 3-4 this year now. So he could be – an outside linebacker, but he might have the strength to be a, you know, a down lineman, even at 257 pounds because of how strong he is. So that would be a fascinating fit there. I'm going to go with Christian Barmore at 26 for the Browns. Um, you look at their defensive tackles. Now you've got Sheldon Richardson, you got Malik Jackson, all on the wrong side of 30. And there's also talk of them signing Jadavian Clowney. If you have Miles Garrett, Jadavian Clowney, Christian Barmore, uh, who's 6'5", 310 pounds on the same defensive line. That is a lot of size to have to deal with. And, and I think that would be a great, great selection for them. He could possibly sit behind the older defensive tackles and be more of a pass to our specialist where he was really good last year for Alabama. So back-to-back picks here. I'm talking about the gigantic hole left by Yannick and Darkway <laughs> for the Baltimore Ravens now. Uh, given the fact that he went through, what, three teams last year? Um, and with that being the case, I went ahead, and I know folks have him mocked in the second round, but he's one of our favorite pass rushers in the draft here, and went with Joseph Asai, the the edge rusher off uh, from Texas. Uh, in that Ravens defense, Ra- the Ravens have always been a team that loves and adores that edge rush position, and it's such a critical thing for for them that uh, they they don't even see this as a reach here as far as i'm concerned yeah that's uh that would be a very baltimore ravens like pick that that's for sure um so now you've got next the new orleans saints who they've had um a lot of needs and now marshawn Lattimore arrested the other day for getting caught with a loaded gun that could have potentially been stolen we'll see if that has an impact but They've lost a lot of players, and I'm going to have them, again, cornerbacks getting pushed up the board here, um, and I'm going to go with Tyson Campbell, the cornerback out of Georgia. A little bit of a reach here, um, but somebody who certainly fits the part, needs to add a little bit of weight, um, but it definitely has the physical tools to be that boundary cornerback. All right, so the Packers are on the board, and Aaron Rodgers has been begging for skill position players for feels like a decade now um and every time the green bay front office goes into the draft and gives them a certain hand gesture i'm not going to do here on youtube which when you've got your mvp quarterback that is aging in years give the guy what he wants finally uh, it's elijah moore is going to come off the board here and, and and be a weapon for aaron Rodgers. finally in the first round of the draft here 
Got it. Got it. Yeah, I, I, that's that's nice of you to finally give. I think it's almost cruel what they're doing. I mean, um, God, I'd love I'd love Elijah more too for the for the Dolphins in the second round if if he were to fall. Um, but yeah, that that would be great because he can play right in the slot there. And and now yeah, you're gonna have somebody um, making mismatch problems there. At 30, uh, the Bills, it seems like they've been trying to replace Levi Wallace for about 10 years now at cornerback. They just re-signed him, modest contract. He's a decent player. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and give them a, a cornerback from Kentucky, uh, uh, Kelvin Joseph, who's been uh, surging up draft boards here uh, over the last several several months, really. Uh, it, it doesn't have a lot of experience, but has the physical tools, and he could be that player opposite Tredavious White that they've been looking for. And now, the Chiefs, and I, I, I think you can tell by my tone of voice here that I am breaking my own heart when it comes to the Chiefs. They need edge help. Cat, I think you know where I'm going with this one. Yeah, I think. Let's see her. Uh, oh. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. boogie time. <sighs> it's boogie time. This is the saddest way anyone has ever said it's boogie time. <laughs> but Boogie Basham comes in. I can't say enough good about this guy and the way he would fit in that Chiefs defense. Uh, yeah, and Andy would have so much fun with Boogie at defensive end and what he can do to opposing offenses that it, it, it's just a no-brainer for me here that, that Andy's going Boogie. Got him. That's, yeah, I mean, if he fits what – the chiefs like in those defensive ends, you know, they had, they signed Emmanuel Ogba, you know, a couple of years ago and he was there for a year and he, Bastion fits that same size speed profile too. So yes, yeah, somebody who can immediately get in there. I'm going to go with number 32. The bucks could go anywhere. They've gotten all of their starters back, which is incredible from last year's team. I'm going to give them Landon Dickerson, the center from Alabama. And the reason being is that it, it, if he struggles to come back from his from his ACL injury amongst his other injuries, then the Bucks are a team that can be patient with him. And if Brady's going to be there, let's say for – I mean, he could play for five more years. Gosh, who knows? But if he's there for two or three more years, then incredible impact that he could make, if not this year, then in the second year. I mean, Ryan Jensen's on the wrong side of 30. Alex Kappa, right guard, yeah, he's okay. You might be able to upgrade from him. Uh, so Dickerson makes a lot of sense. And I, th- I, I think that he, Bruce Arians would absolutely love this guy's personality, the leadership he brings to. So that is going to wrap up the, the first round there, Paul. So before we get to kind of what, what, who our favorite players are heading into day three or day two, because the dolphins are picking fourth on day two at pick number 36. So just to review number one, Jaguars quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, Two Jets, Kyle Wilson, or excuse me, Zach Wilson. Got the Jets. That's going to kill me because the, the they drafted cornerback Kyle Wilson a long time ago. It's quarterback Zach Wilson. Three, 49ers quarterback Justin Fields. Four, Falcons quarterback Trey Lance. Five, Bengals offensive tackle Penny Sewell. Six, Dolphins wide receiver Jamar Chase. Seven, Lions wide receiver Devontae Smith. Eight, quarterback Mac Jones for the Panthers. Nine, Broncos t- uh, tight end. Kyle Pitts, 10 Cowboys cornerback Pat Sertan, 11 Giants wide receiver Jalen Waddell, 12 cornerback 
J.C. Horn for the Eagles, 13 Chargers offensive tackle Rashawn Slater, 14 Vikings linebacker Micah Parsons, 15 Patriots wide receiver Rondale Moore, 16 Arizona Cardinals Quiddy Pay linebacker, 17 Gregory Rousseau defensive end for the Raiders, 18 Dolphins running back Najee Harris, 19 Washington wide receiver Kadarius Toney, 20 cornerback Greg Newsom Bears, 21 Colts offensive tackle Christian Derisaw, 22 wide receiver Rashad Bateman, Titans, 23 guard Elijah Vera Tucker for the Jets, 24 Steelers linebacker Aziz Ojolari, 25 Jags defensive end Jason Owe, 26 Browns defensive tackle Christian Barmore, 27 Ravens outside linebacker Joseph Asai, 28 cornerback Tyson Campbell, from Georgia for the Saints, 29 Packers, Elijah Moore, wide receiver, Mississippi, 30 Bills, cornerback, Kelvin Joseph, and 31 defensive end, Carlos Basham for the Chiefs, 32 Bucks center, Alabama, Landon Dickerson. So that wraps up the first round, Paul. So a lot of value still heading into day two for the Dolphins. So taking a look at this board we have, if you've got that in front of you, who are a couple names that would be highest on yours? Heading into day two for the Dolphins. Owusu Kamora, uh, Zayvon Collins, um, Richie Grant, Terrace Marshall. um, I mean, Jalen Darden obviously is going to be out there at that point. But then you look at Creed Humphrey and Quinn Miners, and there's a ton of talent left for Miami's two second-round picks and, and even when they hit the third round that I think will be there. Yeah, there, there sure is. And it, as you're seeing here, kind of a declining edge class too. Um, you know, a lot more I uh, were went in the first round than I would have thought, but after you get past the first seven or eight, there's kind of a big drop off there. So looking at what I'm seeing here is I would be, if the board looked like this, Hey, into day two, I would be all for the dolphins moving up to 33. It probably would require maybe a fifth round pick. Maybe that fifth round pick they got from the Eagles and getting Trevon Morig, the safety from TCU. And he probably will go in the first round. He is tremendous. He would be tremendous value. And if you could come away with um, Jamar Chase, Najee Harris, Trevon Morig, and, and as your first three picks and have an extra first and third, man, I, I, I would be satisfied with that. Uh, that, you know, I think, I think you're, you're doing a lot there. Um, uh, Jalen Phillips, the defensive end for Miami, I think would comfortably be a top 10 pick if not for the concussion issues. Um, and he didn't have them this past year, but he was a former number one overall recruit in 2017 coming out of high school. Great season. He finished the season with, uh, I think it was what, for in the last four games, I think he had six and a half sacks and 12 tackles for loss, something like that in the last four games. He would fill a big need, um, but can you get over the concussion issues that that forced him to really retire for a little bit? So that's kind of scary stuff. Those would be my top two. Jeremiah Ustakormora would be fascinating in this defense because he can be a nickel. He, some people have compared him to Jamal Adams, which is pretty incredible. And it would really signify the Dolphins are going all in on coverage instead of pass rushing. So those would be my top three guys. Yeah, and for me, I, I, I know you like Mooring, and I like him too, but it's the footage I've watched of Richie Grant, both good and bad, I just I feel like not only is he ultimately going to end up being the best safety in this draft, but he's also the best fit for the way Flores and uh, Boyer like to run their defense. And that's where, for me, even if they were to trade up to 33 to grab a safety, I, I would 
I would still go with Richie Grant. Um, and I think going with Richie there would enable you to possibly trade Eric Rowe um, and be able to still run that three safety look with, with Jones, Bobby, and Grant and, and run it effectively. And really, like, if you've got – if you're able to put Bobby in as the nickel with Richie in there in, in Bobby's current role and Brandon Jones in, in Eric Rowe's current role – you can do a lot of fun, disgusting, disguising things in that, you know, positionless defense that Miami likes to run. And I think he's the best fit for that as far as that goes. Like I said, he's a more athletic Bobby McCain that makes better decisions. Um, so, yeah, yeah uh, he's, it's, I would love that. It, right, and I think we're talking about the same thing here with Morgan and Grant as, as far as the role they play. They can play nickel. They can play free safety, and Bobby McCain kicks down a nickel back and get rid of Eric Rowe at, at all because I, I mean I think I if you trade him I don't think you're getting more than a late round pick just because of his age oh yeah and limited upside but you know I I, w- I would want to hang on to him um I I'm big on look I want more defensive backs than we even need that, mm-hmm. that that's what I'm after here so that the Dolphins can put six or seven on the field at a given time and if somebody goes down like Byron Jones did for a few days last year the defense isn't broken because this this man-to-man defense that doesn't have a great pass rusher needs elite cornerback play and elite defensive back play. And I, I think that's what that's the dedication I think Brian Flores and, and Chris Greer are going to continue to make here to this defense. Yeah, and, and really Flores and Boyer are on the same page with it. I mean, I, I still remember um, an interview where Boyer was talking about the way things worked out with his first defensive coordinator position at, at a technical school. And, you know, you didn't have a lot of those big-bodied guys, so you had to find creative ways to use the little guys. And that's kind of how he developed his style of, of defense. And I know he and Flores are same page on that. So, yeah, I, I, yeah. I do see them going after defensive backs in this draft. I, I see them adding a corner later on, even though most folks had scratched their head. But here's the thing. The Dolphins don't have the tremendous amount of holes a lot of people think they do. They have a lot of rookies that showed a lot of promise last year and showed development. And so they have possibilities for upgrade, absolutely. As far as holes go, really they go into this draft with one true hole, and that's Matt Skura at center. Yeah, and and that's a good point because they do have some big holes, I think, but I would argue they're not at premier positions. And and here's why is because to me, running back center and edge are, are by far the top three mm-hmm. running back is one of the most undervalued positions in the NFL. Now, if, if you don't believe me, take a look at what left tackles get paid in free agency compared to running backs. I mean, guards, guard, I mean, anywhere really. And it's, and same goes for center where, yeah, Corey Lindsley was a first-team All-Pro. Um, if you had a first-team All-Pro tackle, he'd get $23 million a year. Corey Lindsley got 13 and most centers get 5 or $6 million. I mean, Ted Karras could have started again for us at $4 million again. So, yeah, I think running back and center are going to be addressed. And edge, you, it may not be as big of a need. And the reason for it is because if you're playing that non-traditional positionless defense, setting a hard edge may not be the most important thing. And I don't think it's a coincidence that the Dolphins signed Adam Butler um, to, to, you know, on a roster with Christian Wilkins and Sealer and, and Raekwon Davis so that they can play with three big guys up front. 
what makes more sense for Shaq Lawson to set an edge? And it, it, I don't want to hear any crap about how he's an outside linebacker. He, his job is to set the edge. Who's better? Who's better at, at it purely than than uh, at setting an edge? Zach Sealer or Shaq Lawson? That's an easy choice for me. Yeah, no, Zach Sealer blows up an edge. <laughs> Let's face it. Um, no, I just it's I still view. I know they re-signed to Landon Roberts, and he had some highlight real plays. So, actually, I'm going to take back my we have one hole and say we have two. Um, because when Landon Roberts didn't guess right and and blow up the play, he guessed wrong and took himself very, very far out of the play. Um, and it's – so that is a hole, and center is a hole for me. Running back could definitely use improvement. Uh, wide receiver, there's some easy options to improve in this year's draft. Um, you know, could we improve the left guard spot? Probably. But if we draft a center, guess what? We could always kick Kinley over to left guard, put Jesse Davis at right guard, which is his most natural position, or put Jesse Davis at right tackle and kick Hunt into right guard. And and you have Creed Humphrey or Quinn Miners at center, and suddenly you've got a young offensive line with – outlandish potential um as far as that goes so potential yeah potential would certainly be the key word and and if the Dolphins' strategy is to draft a center here and have those four young players develop then that's certainly something that can work um but i want to see that develop quickly i don't want to be sitting here at the end of next year and saying hey the dolphins offensive line wasn't all that great again in 2021 but hey you know what they're young like no no i'm I, 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 it was impressive the three got on the field and, and played at a, a reasonably high level. Um, I think Hunt and Kinley more so than Jackson, but that's a different conversation. Yeah, it's so, yeah, I mean, I, I there are multiple ways that this, that, that this can work offensively. Um, all of them involve drafting and developing good players. So, yeah, Paul, you know, we've gone through a lot here. We've gone through the whole first round. I, I, I had a lot of fun with it here. Um, anything else jump out uh, from today or from chat? Um, there's a lot of folks that are, are actually wanting to go running back a little bit later on in the draft. Um, there are a lot of folks that, you know, want want to really upgrade the offensive line, and I totally, totally get that. Um, and, yeah, Danimus, I know about Jesse Davis. Trust me, if I'm saying Jesse Davis – you know the guy has really stepped up because I was probably Jesse's biggest basher uh, over the past couple of years. But guys, also, make sure you guys click like. Make sure you guys subscribe. We'd love to get a few more reviews out on iTunes, uh, whether you do that through Podcast Addict or any uh, addict or any of the other methods that you're able to do so. It only helps us out, and, and we really appreciate all the love and feedback we've been getting here. Uh, we've added a couple of options here just to play with because a few folks request them so we do have the super chat icon now uh and then we also uh have a couple of mods to help us manage the chat as we're getting busier and busier in here and god i enjoy the hell out of doing this with you there's no better way to spend my birthday morning than than yelling at your ugly mug (laughs) i'm glad to hear that man uh and hope you have a hope you have a great day uh and, and an awesome birthday and uh yeah just uh to um and cap off yeah and running back you may be able to go later but you might find yourself in a position like last year where you miss the run where you have a jk Dobbins taken right ahead of you and now you didn't address the position again i think Najee harris if you, you just take it and be done with it you're going to have in my opinion 
a top 10 running back at the end of his rookie year and one of the top backups that can be moved around in miles gasket. That's, that's enticing to me there. Uh, but I understand too, if, if they push it to 50 and end up getting one of these top three backs, uh, Najee Harris, Travis Etienne or Javante Williams, um, actually Javante would be above Etienne for me mm-hmm. and, and for Paul too. Uh, then that could be great value, but do you really want to push it that far? So anyway, that's going to do it for our breakdown here of the first round and our, our mock draft. I'm Brian cat NFL on Twitter. Paul is fanatic underscore pick. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, all of our social media outlets. We're also the official channel as well for the fan sided network and finfanatic.com. Thank you jurors, by the way. Thank you real quick. But anyway, go ahead, cat. Sorry. I'm not watching the chat. So, so yeah, whatever Paul said there, uh, <laughs> If it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fifth side. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.